This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh, no. Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, Shane Told, and this podcast is all about me talking to other lead singers about what it's like to sing for a living. Today on the podcast, another female guest. I speak with Ashley Costello of New Year's Day, and it was really cool. I was surprised, you know, our bands being so different from one another Yet we seem to take so many of the same influences of bands and music and everything we grew up with. Before we get into that, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Um, We have some big things coming and big news coming. We are going to start an exclusive, you know, membership VIP fan club experience. And right now we're kind of just getting it going, figuring out what exactly we want to do. And I would love it. If anybody that's interested in this could get in touch with us and say, hey, Shane, um, I would like, you know, this kind of thing, or I think this is how much, you know, a membership fee should be, and this is what we should get. So if you have any ideas about that kind of thing, feel free to email me, and you can email me about anything you want. You can email me about the terrible weather we're having in Toronto right now. It's literally snowing, and it's April. It's all good. Syndrome at gmail.com. Get in touch. Also, Twitter is real easy. It's at Lead Singer Sin, S-Y-N. We also have an Instagram account, Lead Singer Syndrome. We have a Facebook page somewhere that I rarely update because Facebook's kind of the worst. But yes, get in touch. Let me know about the kind of fan club things you would love to see. Also, if you want to support the show, it's really easy. Do you buy anything off Amazon? A lot of people buy things on Amazon because they have everything. So if you want to support Lead Singer Syndrome, all you got to do is go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. And that brings you right to the Amazon homepage. You buy whatever you want to buy, whatever it's diapers, engagement ring for your girlfriend, maybe a new, maybe, maybe you want a new cassette player. Cassette player is really hot right now. Whatever it is, go to Amazon and pick it up. Use leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon and we get 4% of whatever you buy. So if you spend a hundred bucks, we get four bucks and that stuff all adds up and it really does help us out. 
I also want to thank everybody that came up to me on tour. I just got home from a, a great tour with Silverstein across Canada and America, and it was really cool. Every day somebody came up to me, at least one person, and was like, Shane, I love your podcast. Thanks for putting it out. I love this episode. So thank you very much, and uh, that support really means a lot. And um, uh, thank you for all the support with this, all the support with Silverstein. I also have a solo project that I just launched uh, a couple of months back called River Oaks. Uh, just a three-song EP out for now, but more coming soon. Uh, so check that out too, riveroaksmusic.com. And lastly, if you like the show, please go on iTunes and write a review. Uh, preferably five stars, but just go on there, say some nice words about me, or or even just uh, give me some advice if you, if you think it needs some work. And if you're really pissed at me, of course we have the hate line, 1-657-666-HATE. Feel free to leave me a message. Uh, you know me, I love the hate. Anyways, let's jump in with this week's episode and my conversation with Ashley Costello of New Year's Day. This is the official starting point of the podcast. Okay, rewind, rewind. This is Sorry. no, no. This is it. So this is the first people thing people are going to hear. Uh, okay. But it is funny when you do interviews, and believe me, I've done a lot of them. Sometimes you don't really know if it's like rolling yet. Oh my god, I can't tell you how many times I've heard an interview and go, ah, that wasn't supposed to be on that. Ah, yeah. No, what I guess it's fuck? good. I guess it's good to ask, right? But I always now like that I'm doing this like on the other side of the microphone thing, I always just fucking go for it right away. I'm just it's like, hard hey. on the other side of the microphone. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I'm still kind of finding my sea legs a little bit, to be honest. It's hard. Have you done it? I Have you interviewed? Be, yes. Oh, yeah. you guys did the, you did the APMAs thing, right? Oh my God. That was so nerve wracking. I have so much respect now for anyone that interviews anybody ever. That was yeah. not easy. It wasn't. I mean, these, I still get pretty nervous. Like, I get more nervous about doing these podcasts than I do about, like, going on stage, for sure. Oh, I was definitely a thousand billion times more nervous to do that, the APMAs, than to go on stage, hands down. So what, like, someone walks up and you see them, especially that, like, they come down the red carpet all slowly, and especially when it's, like, somebody, like, I don't know, I remember, like, I saw Joe Perry from Aerosmith, oh, someone like, like massive. You yeah, and you're to, like, oh my you. god, I have to talk to them, but they're walking down the red carpet so slowly. Oh, that would kill me. Yeah, and it's just like this daunting, and they couldn't tell me who I was interviewing, and there was like what something like sixty bands coming through. So I was up all night for like the week straight writing notes in a notebook, and I had someone standing on the side with the notebook. So if I saw someone was coming up soon, I'd go and like kind of review the facts again. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I knew what to talk about because I knew in the moment I would just go blank. Yeah, it happens to me too. And the the beauty of this and this medium that I'm doing is like right now yeah. I could just like do what I'm doing and have a total brain fart <laughs> and I can just and go back just and edit, edit it. it out. So it doesn't Lucky. matter, you know? Yeah. But, Lucky. but in that, in that one-on-one, especially when you're like face to face with somebody, that is a hard job. Dude, when I saw Rob Zombie walking down the carpet, and they're like, okay, Rob Zombie's next. Like, what do, what do I do? My hands. Oh, oh, my God. You know, I was just, I think I did okay. I would say 
okay. No, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did better than you think you did because it, it's like anything. Like, like you have a conversation with somebody and, you know, you'll always like think back, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said this or I worded it this way. And then I, maybe oh, they, t- every and they time. no one ever fucking remembers that stuff. So I'm sure you did awesome. Yeah, I'm sure because he's done so many interviews. I doubt he'd even remember who I am at this point, but. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I find like people always even say that about me, and I'm by, I'm not comparing myself to Rob Zombie, but I've been doing it maybe half the time he's been doing it, and yeah, I okay. still like it's still amazing to me the the like random things and people I remember from like years oh, ago. Yeah. You know, like the smallest yeah. thing. Sometimes like sometimes I don't remember shit either, but it is an amazing thing how memory it's, can it's be. hit or miss. <laughs> It's yeah, it's hit or miss. You get fifty fifty. You never know. That's right. Well, I don't uh, even know. Well, happy birthday again. Before it started, oh, before we you. actually started this, I said happy thanks. birthday, but I'll I'll say it again officially. I haven't been home for a birthday in years. I know, right? I was uh, yeah. I wasn't home for mine, um, but I went to Las Vegas with like my best friend and uh, his wife and my girlfriend. Uh, Vegas is the like epitome of birthday fun it was fucking great i had a blast like oh that's cool so much fun and as i was telling you earlier as well i actually saw black sabbath like on Mm. my birthday oh that's so cool and they're like growing up they were one of my favorite bands they're still like probably like top three ever for me so to see them on my birthday and it's like you know their farewell tour that's a sick birthday it was so sick yeah so uh how was yours did it compare to mine at all um mine was this is the first time. No, I wouldn't say it compared. I didn't get to go to <laughs> Vegas or like go see my favorite band of all times concert. But I've never um, – I don't really make a big deal out of my birthdays. I'm not the kind of person that's like, hey, guys, here's the plan. Everyone meet here. You know, if someone wants to do something for me, then that's awesome. If not, I don't really put much weight on it. Um, I don't know why. But it was really cool. My manager, Eric, got all my friends together and like drove them down to Anaheim from L.A. and Cool. All my all my band members brought their girlfriends, which is the first time my entire band's ever gone to dinner with me for my birthday. And uh, it was really cool. It was like, you know, I got to sit at the head of this long table and everyone was drinking and having fun and talking. And I just felt if that's the first time I've ever had that. It was really cool. No, that sounds perfect. So yeah, it's, so it's just dinner. Yeah, but that's, I mean, you know, hey, like at the same time, like the lives we lead – like me going to going to Vegas to party for my it was my thirty fifth birthday. It's like uh-huh. it's so cliche. Like as a rock guy to, to go do yeah, that. Yeah, so, it's true. And, and, and I <laughs> feel like we party with our friends legitimately all the time. Yeah, that's right. It all is. The time. So it only makes so, sense for the day everyone else parties to slow down a little bit. Yeah, but that wasn't on my actual birthday. I stayed in bed all day, and I was so happy with that. Well, you also that's just what I did. you also just got back from Europe too. Yeah. So yeah, you're still feeling a little one. bit of a yeah jet lag or anything? No, today is the first day I feel human. Oh, good. I don't feel like a walking corpse anymore. I actually <laughs> feel like energized and alive again because we – it turns out every country ever in Europe is rainy all the time apparently. Oh, this time of year is yeah. the worst, yeah. I was about to say maybe it's just us and we bring the rain because as soon as we flew into California, it was gloomy and raining. I was like, what the fuck, really? Yeah, like the one day a year. Yeah, it was raining. So um, we all got sick and you know how it goes on a bus. It just spread Yeah, like the plague and everyone was sick and coughing. And so, um, But I was the first one to go. 
So I've been dealing with it for a while. And when I got home, I was like, I just need to rest. And when I come home, all my friends and my family, they all want to go out immediately. Yeah. And that's awesome. But at the same time, I'm like, no, no, I just want to sleep. Yeah. No, Europe is tough. Like, like, I mean, do you like touring Europe in general or is it just? I do. I like it. Because some band people hate it. Like, I mean, some people are really superficial about it. They're well, like, they hate hard. it because they like can't use their phone and stuff like that. I don't know. It, it is definitely different. It's hard. Have you been there many times? Um, we've been there three times now. And um, I'm, I mean, I'll be honest, it's really hard work. And I really get very annoyed when anyone refers to the work. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. But when someone goes, oh, you've just been on vacation for a month. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no way. You try waking up, having to do press, you know, most of the day you're driven around. I always find that very exhausting when it's like drive to this place, drive to this place, drive, you know, drive to this place. There's no time for you to eat. You come back, you know, you do a signing or a sound check, whichever. You rush to get ready. For me personally, it's like an hour long process to like look like me. Oh, right. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then you play. And then we go to merch after and we stay every show until every kid gets a chance to say hello, which sometimes takes two hours. Sure. Uh, yeah. And then you wait for loadout that you probably haven't had dinner most of the time. We, or you're starving at the end of the night. There's only McDonald's open. And that's your day. You know, every day. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough. I mean, yeah, I've, I definitely know. I, I'm the same. Our band, you know, we try to go to merch after every show and all that and yeah, everything. So it's fun, but it's tiring. It's always like late too, right? Like everything is always late. So you're supposed mm-hmm. to have an interview at one thirty. It's actually at two, and then everything gets pushed back. And then that little time that they've given you, you know, like your your quote unquote like rest time, where you're supposed to like be able to chill. No, you don't get that anymore. Yeah, and you have to sprinkle in like carry your giant suitcase up. For some reason in Europe, every venue has stairs <laughs> everywhere, so it's like you know, drag up and down all your bags and find a little corner in the room filled with 13 other boys to get ready and set up your thing, try and take a shower and tiptoe around all the hair that's on the ground. It's just not an easy process every day. Like I get really used to it. So I'm good at it. I'm like second nature with it, but I don't know if you've ever had like a girlfriend in the past or I know I've definitely had family members and friends or boyfriends that refer to it as vacation but that just always kind of like oh, no. pisses me off people have been strangled to death for less than that yeah. <laughs> i mean that's an awful thing to say because it, it's it, it isn't really isn't work but i have had that happen where people are like yeah it's real hard like like traveling with your best friends it's yeah really yeah or it's so hard being on stage in front of all these people like yeah it is yeah it is fucking hard <laughs> my back hurts bro my neck hurts Yes. Yeah. You know, it's true. That's funny. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the thing about um, dragging like a giant suitcase up the stairs. And my, like my first thought is, why would you have to do that? And then I remember, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what your band, you know, has like in terms of a theme and, and an image and everything. That's obviously important to you guys <laughs> and important to your fans. Mm-hmm. So is that a huge like rigmarole every day, especially in Europe when sometimes the dressing room is like literally a closet? Like what, yes. do, you guys, what do you guys do? We, um, well, we're really tight. Uh, so we just, we, we're, we've been doing this for so long. We have it on lock. I'll be like putting my eyeshadow on and I'll just hand the eyeshadow brush behind me and the next boy hands it and everyone's <laughs> helping each other. And, um, you know, the boys actually just sleep in their makeup and, and wake up looking like that. So 
<laughs> they're easy. It's just me that has all the – I love that you use the term rigmarole because I use that term, all the accoutrements. Yeah, yeah, you right. You know, I, there's just all these little gadgets and things and adapters and mirrors with lights and and curling irons and all this shit. And, of course, there's always that one really smelly hair straightener from, like, straightening dirty hair over and over and over. Jeez. That smell that we all know and love in, in the dressing room. But when you're on tour with your best friends, like, uh, we were we were on tour in Europe with Motionless White and Escape the Fate. It's just fucking easy. It's easy. There's no ego, so everyone kind of respects each other's space and helps each other. Yeah, right. Everybody's cool. No one's like, get the fuck out of my dressing room or any, any no, kind of shit like that. No, not at all. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, that's good. But I mean, I that's something I totally take like take for granted. There's times when I'll like be coming back from a bar, like you know, had like four drinks, still wearing like you know my long johns <laughs> under my pants, like if it's cold weather or something. Oh, uh, you have to have the long johns. <laughs> I got to go in in ten minutes. I'm I'm Canadian, so I got to go in in ten minutes, and like it's not a problem for me. Like I don't have to really plan it. Cause like, Oh, I can, you're so lucky. I can wear what I'm wearing, you know, like it doesn't matter. So there was one show where I played in my pajamas, but even my pajamas look kind of fancy. <laughs> and I walked off stage and I was like, man, I feel like a lazy, you know, uh, like, man, I'll um, never, I'll never do that again. But I was, I was just, just so tired. This is so rude of me to say, but I'm, I'm picturing like nightmare before <laughs> Christmas, uh, pajamas or something. You know what? I do own several there you go. different styled Nightmare for Christmas onesies and pajamas. <laughs> so you're not you didn't miss the mark too much. That's funny. No, I, I that's the thing. Like I I totally wonder if, if there's ever gonna be I mean there's gotta be days when you're just like, God, please, like why did we pick why do we have to be a makeup band? Like that oh, yeah. there must be days when you're just like, fuck this. There, absolutely when you're putting makeup on your face like 25 days straight and you're on the 22nd day and like i don't you want to look at my face let alone spend an hour yeah. putting makeup on it Ugh. just to sweat it off that is horrible like hell that yeah. is horrible the boys don't give a shit they don't care they put it on in two seconds they yeah, can really care less it's, it's different too because and this isn't like i don't want to be sexist or anything but like <laughs> you know you're a you, you want to look like scary and stuff i guess i'm sorry if my terminology i'm not i'm like i'm like a punk rock dude i'm not really i've never like had any (laughs) foregoing into this into like goth or whatever you call it you know what if i ever i wish this had been in person like (laughs) as a video because then there could have been the the segment where i do your makeup oh my god oh my god we're gonna do this at some point we're gonna (laughs) do this and yeah people i'm surprised i haven't done that yet somebody yeah do it i, I want to go on wow. stage like that and freak everybody out yeah yes yes that would be amazing that is a yes you have my guarantee that if you come to a show or whatever we ever interview in person i'm bringing my makeup kit yeah do it please please do it mm-hmm. but but to go back to my slightly sexist thing i'm about to say um <laughs> it, it is different though for for the guys because they can just be like yeah i'm gonna put some black in my eyes or whatever and like i'm gonna look like scary but like yeah. a part of you is like you want to look like kind of beautiful too I can't do that. And I, I think I honestly, that thought goes through my head every single time we get ready for a show. I watch them kind of, and it's not like they look bad. I think they look great, but they slap it on, like put it on with their fingers. You know, I would never do that in a million years. Right. And they, <laughs> they look cool. Like they yeah. look fucking cool. It works for them. If I did that, I'd have like a hate blog, <laughs> a, a, like makeup artists hating. Because there was one time, um, I was sweating at Warped Tour and my eyebrows were running. 
which is the thing for me because you know yeah goth girl drawing my eyebrows on it's like thing and like i was getting hated on for a long time they were like sending me eyebrow like pictures of eyebrow makeup brushes and like you need to learn how you're to do your eyebrows bitch you know shit oh like that God. Like, yeah so and there was one time where i didn't have time to blend my eyeshadow and um I, I don't even expect you to know what that means because you're a boy. But uh, I got hated on so much for supposedly not knowing how to do my makeup. And still to this day, there's a certain group that still, like, attacks me over it. Yeah. So if I don't put in the effort, people legitimately get mean. Girls can be ruthless. It's true. It's boys, too. There were boys oh, really? oh, yeah? being okay. mean to me as well. Like wow. little little make, makeup artist boys. Crazy. I don't no, know what you call that's... them. Yeah, that's I mean, makeup artist boys is probably what they would tell <laughs> their friends that they are ruthless. <laughs> they're even more mean than the girls. Oh, geez. Well, um, it's your first time on the show. I know we're going to be doing like videos. You're going to do my makeup, all this stuff. But this is the first time. So if you mm-hmm. don't if you don't mind, like going back to kind of how you started and how you got started in like in music and your upbringing and all that stuff, I would love to hear it. You're from um, Anaheim, California. Is that right? Yeah. That's a very loaded question, by the way. I don't even know where to start. Oh, well, you can start wherever you would like. Well, um, I started loving music. I've always loved music, always. My dad listened to a lot of Alice Cooper and Journey and um, Guns N' Roses and and stuff like that. And I just grew up around classic rock. And um, my dad, for Valentine's Day, when I was like 11 or 12, Gave me the No Doubt Tragic Kingdom CD. Cool. And that, that pretty much just set my life into motion. And that right is there. like a band straight out of your hometown. Yeah. Well, I went to the same high school as all the members. And oh, that is so high. crazy. And my mom sees her mom at the grocery store all the time. Wild. Yeah. She still shops at the same Albertsons that, that my mom <laughs> goes to. And she wears, like, um, my mom told me one time she saw her wearing like a little sequin jacket that said like No Doubt on it. And anyway, so. I I knew I wanted to be in a band as soon as I saw Gwen Stefani on the cover. And so when I was 14, I started my first band. Of course, we were horrible. <laughs> but uh, somehow we got shows at, at like small, like Chain Reaction. I was playing at Chain Reaction when I was 14. Sick. Yeah, like coffee shops and school dances. We played a school dance. We played um, uh, like lunchtime shows and house parties, stuff like that. And I was... It kind of made me cool. Like, I, I was cool because of it. People, like, I got voted most likely to be a rock star and and stuff like that. And uh, I just never quit. I never stopped. I feel like the second I played my first show, I've been printing out flyers or sitting on the internet or emailing this and that person pretty much every day since. Right. But, I mean, the difference, obviously, now it's your job. Whereas back then it was just like kind of a hobby. So well, you like, know what's weird is back it like literally from day one it always felt like my job. But I see what you mean. It, well, you weren't make, we weren't making money from it, so it was a hobby. No, and I don't even mean making money because when you're 14, you don't care about making money. Like <laughs> no but way. There's other things in your life. Like when you're 14, you know you have okay. Like from even for me, like music was my life. It was my my hobby. It was the biggest thing in my in my life to me, but I still had to like go to school and try to get good grades and, you know, have like some kind of a social life or whatever. Like there was always these two parts, right? So when did it transition to you when you're like, this isn't just a hobby anymore. Like I'm not going to school anymore. Like this is it. This is what I'm going to do. Um, I think it was when New Year's day was just starting and the song ready misfire came out. 
And um, I don't expect you to know this song. It was the first song we ever wrote. And it came out on the MySpace compilation volume one. Oh, cool. I didn't know that was a thing. Back in the Dizzy, there was the MySpace compilation. And we were like the only unsigned band on it. It was stuff like Weezer and I don't oh, wow. remember who else, like Panic at the Disco and stuff like that. Yeah. And we had a MySpace and Tom from MySpace, remember that guy? Of course I do. Really took, really took a liking to us and put us on the MySpace concert at Dodger Stadiums. So we were opening up for Dashboard Confessional and um, who else was on there? Uh, Jimmy Eat World. Wow. I can't remember, but it was a pretty big bill. And we played to about 10,000 kids and all of a sudden... It literally felt like it happened overnight that record labels were emailing us and having us do showcases. And my mom, because I was too young to drive on my own, my mom was driving me to meet with like Snoop Dogg's manager or <laughs> meet with like Guns. I met with Guns N' Roses manager and Snoop Dogg's manager at the W at Hollywood in Hollywood oh when God. I was like 18. Yeah. And my mom would just sit outside and wait. And they would take me to places like the Ivy and like where paparazzi sits outside. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing, but it was. Definitely in those moments where I was like, okay, this is serious. This is a serious thing now. So growing up, so growing up, what was your home life like? Did you have brothers and sisters or? Yeah, I have a sister, but she's men- mentally handicapped. So I've kind of always just been on my own. Yeah. Really? So, um, but my mom is my number one fan and my best friend. So I just chill with my mom all the time. She's, she, if it wasn't for my mom, I don't think New Year's Day would have ever been a thing. Because she, you know, always helped us. She she gutted out our garage in the house I grew up in. And she built, on her own, a really good room within a room. So that way we can practice all night and not wake up the neighbors. Oh, cool, yeah. Now, I guess in California, you don't really have basements or anything, right? So No basements. Nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that's pretty much my home life. The second I said I want to start a band, my mom was like, cool, let's do what we need. So after, obviously, like, you've come a long way from just listening to, like, No Doubt and stuff. So what kind of shaped your influences to get to where, you know, New Year's Day is now? Because it's, I mean, it's pretty <laughs> A and B right now, you know? Up until I discovered this band I'm about to tell you, I always wanted to be Gwen Stefani. So I was playing, like, pretty much music that just sounded like No Doubt until the one day before New Year's Day was formed that I was after school laying on my stomach in the living room on the floor watching TRL and I'm not okay. But my chemical romance came on and that just completely changed everything for me because I always knew that that's what I liked. Like I always liked, I was a big comic book nerd. So I was like the darker comic books. Yeah. And I always wanted to wear like, I was wearing leather bracelets with spikes in high school. You know, I always had like this want to be that, but I didn't know how to. Because especially at the time, like, the internet wasn't that big of a thing. It's not like you'd go on Hot Topic Online and, like, buy all these things. You know, it just didn't exist, really. Right, sure. So you kind of had to get super creative if that was your aesthetic that you were going for. Yeah, no, Um, I I understand. Yeah, so when I saw that, I was like, that's the kind of band I want to be. I was like, I just love, I fell in love. And that that helped me kind of shape New Year's Day to what it what it started like the first steps of it becoming that yeah because i mean i think of new year's day as like almost more like metal you know than i do it definitely like, is now rock, you know okay so you've evolved because i i definitely we started out with like a, definitely a more punk kind of weird almost theatrical right vibe but as i started to get older you know your musical tastes change and i fall in love with different styles of music or different bands and i pull 
like when we wrote our new album Love and Head Over Heels in Love with a band called Love and Death. Do you know who they are? I no, I don't think I do. Okay, you have to check them out. But I just fell completely in love, and so we had just started writing the record, and I was like, I brought it in the studio. I'm like, I fucking love this right now. Can we integrate these things? And it's always changing. It's always evolving. It's always, it, it's always changing. That's cool because a lot of people, they are scared to bring in like brand new influences because sometimes when you do that, it can end up being like sounding like almost like trendy, you know, yeah. like there was like a weird period of time where, you know, dubstep was like big. And then I was hearing like bands doing kind of like dubstep, dubstep bands, breakdowns yeah. and shit in their like within their music. And I was like, this <laughs> is not going to be cool in a couple years. And yeah. and guess what? It's not. Yeah, that came in and out fast. But um, so th- th- that can be a little bit scary. But I guess if you know how to incorporate it then and it's something you really you, love. If you are maybe incorporating things that are trendy in that moment, um, then that's that's a bad choice. Yeah. But I usually find old shit. Like love and death is like long not been together. Oh, it's an okay. And, I I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know why I don't know this. Maybe Well, they like, only had one they only had one album and it's um Head from Corn when he wasn't in Corn made an album and a band and then rejoined Corn and that band kind of just went the way of the buffalo. Right. And it only it only had one album that didn't really do much from what i know but i found out about it way after the fact but i'm always finding weird shit that i i just immediately fall in love with and i mean how do you not if there's something you're really feeling how do you not how do you keep it from seeping into what you're making you know no absolutely and i think that's fine i mean we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I noticed when I was looking at a picture of you, I noticed you have the cursive ugly organ tattooed right on your arm oh that was a huge influence back in the day that's where all the theatrical oh okay yeah because i saw that and right away i like it's so recognizable uh, i was like oh that's crazy like she's obviously a huge cursive fan which yeah i mean and that is tough to f- find in new year's day's music i'd say i mean maybe well, I'm, maybe i'm wrong but like i guess no. the theatrical side you could say but i mean they you know they don't use a lot of double kick no they don't <laughs> They don't. I would say more in like the My Dear Days, which I, I, it's so old that I don't even consider that New Year's Day. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's part of me, so I have to acknowledge it, but it's such a different sounding band. It's the first album we put out and it's, I was really young and it's, it's over 10 years old and it's so massively different than who we are now. Sure. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we're influenced by Cursive at all anymore. Maybe no, yeah, I wouldn't say anymore but now. Personally, of course, right? And like I always find, you know, there's always things like like for example, one of my biggest influences growing up was Saves the Day. And oh, whoa, dude, get out of my head. I was going to bring up Saves the Day because that was a massive influence on me too. And it's weird because when you say cursive, my mind goes to Saves the Day. Weird. I don't know why I correlate yeah, the two. Yeah, maybe I do too, and maybe that's why I'm telling you this. I but- was going to say maybe that's why because the lyrics, the music is so 
maybe not so much with cursive, but with Saves the Day, the music and melodies were so catchy and poppy, but what he's singing about is kind of fucked up. Not right. Kind of, I mean, it is. And that's what, that when I tell people, and another, another band that's a huge influence of mine is Nine Inch Nails. And again, like, Yo, you couldn't, yeah, for sure. you couldn't, like Silverstein, we don't sound anything like Nine Inch Nails, although we did do a Nine Inch Nails cover once, kind of came out bad, but don't check it out. But <laughs> I'm going to immediately. <laughs> and, uh, and then Saves the Day, we did a Saves the Day cover too. But those are two huge influences, and we don't really sound like them, but lyrically, those bands really were important to like to 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 that in influence. Dude, same, same. Especially Saves the Day. And I guess Cursive, I mean, Cursive has some pretty fucking dark shit too. I yeah. mean, in a, in a different way. And that's why I fell in love with it. Yeah. Back then, I didn't know of anything else that sounded like that. And I remember thinking the first time I heard Saves the Day, I'm like, "Oh, I can write like this. I can say some kind of fucked up things, but it doesn't have to sound fucked up. It can be catchy and yeah. upbeat. And then I've noticed um, a lot of bands started to do that around that era. Right. It feels so long ago, though, like 2005-ish. I right. Think. No, for sure. You know? I, like I mean, 2000, even maybe earlier, even maybe like 2002, 2003. I don't know. But I mean, your melodies, like like I was listening to your latest record, like your melodies on the newest record especially are like awesome. Like Thank super you. catchy. Aww. Super, super Thank catchy. You. And um, that's never a bad thing. And that's kind of when I was thinking, like I saw, I was like, oh, I was listening to the record and I remembered the cursive tattoo. And I was like, I see like she definitely has this melodic influence in the music that is like otherwise pretty, you know, heavy for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I totally think I figured you out. Well, geez, that's the formula then. There it is. Yeah. Tasha saves the day. Yeah. A sprinkle of cursive. <laughs> um, a little bit of love and death. Right. And I have to uh, check this love and death thing out. Oh, for sure. I, I'll admit I'm not a very big corn fan. Does it sound like corn? Um, it does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm it probably does. gonna hate it. I'm a I'm a huge corn fan. Like humongous I, corn fan. I will admit that um I really like when they came out, their first record, the I guess it's just self titled. That record was pretty cool, especially when it came out because I hadn't heard anything like that. Like That's that's the thing. They were really in their own world. Yeah, they were. And and I mean, the amount of shitty... Maybe this is why I don't like corn. Because the amount of shitty corn cover bands that like existed right after that record came out. And then, oh, that... After? Ugh. Was it... Was it- an My iffy God. era in music. It was, yeah, it got pretty iffy. But you then, know, we corn, had, I mean, I, I, I don't Kid know, like rock and Limp Bizkit. And yeah, all these things started coming out in this like kind of new metally world that, in my opinion, weren't as cool as Corn. That kind of gave bands like Corn maybe a bad taste because it kind of became a little uncool. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like I, I like I said, I love the first Corn record. Second Corn record, I thought was like, I guess it was okay. Uh, but then after that, they really lost me, and and I I yeah, it was like hard to listen to the radio and when they were on. I'm so stoked you brought up Saves the Day. I've loved. I haven't listened to Saves the Day in a while, and that's a problem. Yeah, it is great band. Yeah, absolutely great band. I got to get Chris what's, on here. What's I, I the name call... of the song? What's the one? Um, and I'll drink your blood, fill it dripping down my throat. I should probably know this. <laughs> That's it's that the is, really messed up one. That is really messed up, yeah. As as your ghost takes flight. As your we'll, ghost takes flight. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite saves the day song because the lyrics are so straightforward and mean and just so vengeful. 
on whoever the song is about that I gravitated towards it immediately. And I mean, if you go back to the very beginning of New Year's Day and listen to the song Radiant Misfire, right. the chorus is, shoot my Cupid out of the sky, rip off his wings, gouge out his eyes, thank him for nothing, because that's all that he gave to me. If bands like Saves the Day hadn't existed, who fucking knows what kind of music we would have started writing? You know, I don't know. No, I know. Absolutely. And it's, it's the same with me. Like our first, you know, you talk about the first song on your first record and the first song on our first record, I say something like, never again, I'll slip my throat with the knife I pulled out of my spine. Oh, I love it. Which is like, oh, it sounds so Taking Back Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was before Taking Back Sunday existed, I think, but, no way. Uh, but it was, it was definitely Saves the Day influenced. And you I'm know, sure that just now. Oh, sorry. Sorry. What? I was just about to say, until just now, until I just said that, I kind of forgot Taking Back Sunday existed. Oh, yeah. No, they, they definitely... I had Adam on the podcast like about a month ago. They are well, alive and kicking. I just realized I haven't listened to Saves the Day in years. I used to listen to Taking Back Sunday every day, and I haven't in like years. What the fuck's wrong with me? You got to get on this. You got to rediscover your, your inner 2003 yeah, or whatever <laughs> year it was. Dude, talk about good lyrics. Absolutely. No, but but I mean, without Saves the Day, I don't think we would have written, you know, they, they just really brought that like graphicness to it, you know, and and, yeah. and people always thought like, oh, why do you have to be so violent? And it's like, I'm not actually talking about violence. This is like metaphorical, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But some people just don't get it. So, well, go saves the day. Go saves the day. No, they don't get enough cred. Big time saves the day talk. And I love it. I yeah, love, love, the, love the band. I'm going to dust off my cursive record. Perfect. I know. It's such a good fucking album. That's, that's an awesome so tattoo when I saw that. Thank you. So Thank I want to jump, jump ahead. I want to talk a little bit about uh, your singing because you said you were sick on tour and this is the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast. So we like to, to whine about how hard our lives yeah. are. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so yeah, do you have like any vocal, um, you know, like, like I guess you do warm ups and stuff. Like what do you do uh, to prepare? Well... <laughs> whatever it is i caught on this tour so you have to excuse me i have a concoction that i drink like a drink oh yeah that's a combined like any advice every singer that i've ever asked has given me into one drink oh cool so it has gummy bears it's hot water of course it has gummy bears in it coconut oil broco honey lemon and whiskey and ginger wow it's very tasty. Doesn't sound like it would be, but it it it's an odd color because the green gummy bears usually turn it kind of brown. Okay, and green, but it's it's really good. I never heard of gummy bears. I've never heard gummy bears being a thing to to for your throat. I've yes, never heard you that. know who told me that? Craig from Escape the Fate brought me gummy bears once because I was sick, and oh, that's um, nice of said them. it's the yeah, said it's the glycerin. Oh, in it crazy. Apparently. No, I've never it coats, I've... coats your throat. Yeah. Craig Owens was the one who told me coconut oil. Um, who told me whiskey? Some fucking person told me whiskey. And I can't remember. I yeah, think I used whiskey, to have... whiskey just makes you think you sound better. <laughs> you know, it definitely <laughs> helps. It does. Yeah. So what, what kind of, um, you say you do warm-up, like warm-ups on a tape? What kind of warm-ups on a tape do you do? Well, I just have a warm-up app that I like a lot. What's a warm-up I, app? What is that? Shoot. I think it's just called vocal warm up. It's like it's just a little square. Obviously, it's a little app. It's just a picture of a microphone, and um, it lets you pick your keys, your range, and you can put together your own warm up 
you know, the, what warm ups work for you and put them together in what order you like. And I do it every day. Oh, that is so That's cool. It. I can't believe yeah, I haven't really heard of easy. this. Oh my God, you would love it. it I especially it, love that you can choose the keys. You can choose the range. It's perfect. Wow. So it's just called Vocal Warm-Up App? I think it's just Vocal Warm-Up. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm definitely, I'm going to check that out. It's a lifesaver because I used to have cassette tape from vocal lessons I took and that's just, you know, obviously not working anymore for me because I'm walking around with a cassette player that doesn't work half the time. Oh, I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. Cassette. Yeah, I mean, no, cassettes really... are, the thing is if your cassette uh, player breaks though you can go to urban outfitters and get a new one because now they sell cassettes and cassette players see but then the thing is i have to step in an urban outfitter i know and... i know i was <laughs> i was making fun of them as i was saying this. i know it's uh i know it's terrible it's gotten it's become a joke of itself cassettes always sucked they still suck they they suck they probably suck even more compared to like the options we have i can't believe it's cool but hey you know pe- people didn't actually grow up in that time so yeah, you know, I, don't I know. get why it's like ironic. I'm sure to have a cassette player on your belt now, and I'm sure people are like, "Oh, that's funny. You're so funny." No, but I, really, it's just a hassle. I think it's like eighty bucks or something too. Oh my god! Like no way. I, I, at least at Urban Outfitters, I'm like, I, I mean, that's crazy. Like, go to a well, pawn I just, shop. I just threw my cassette player away when I cleaned out my garage when I got home. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. No, because they're, they're going for eighty. If it's like, especially if it's like a real vintage one or something, you might, yeah, you eBay that shit. Oops. Well, it's long gone now. Bye, bye, cassette <laughs> player. Because you see, when I get home from Europe, I'm still on Europe time, so I can't sleep. So every time I get the urge to organize my garage, so it's become tradition. Yeah, I always find touring going to Europe is the worst. When I come back, it's always better. Oh, you're you're all fucked up. You come back. Oh, no, I find going there is, is the worst for me. When I go there, I'm a mess. Why? I don't know. I just find like when you go that way traveling like on, on the, you know, around the world, it's a lot harder than going the other way. Like when I go to Australia, it's easier. But when I come back from oh. Australia, it's the worst. I see, I see what you're saying. Because we've never, we've never done the Australian thing yet. We've never gone that way. Oh, you got to go. It's the best. I know. That's what everyone says. Everyone says it's like a vacation. Yeah, it pretty much is. That that one you can let your friends sl- like slide when they're like, "Oh yeah, how was your vacation?" And you're like, "Okay, yeah, it was kind of a vacation." <laughs> I am um, I'm a bad flyer, so pretty much any direction is not good for me. Yeah, like are you like you're bad as in deathly afraid. Oh, you're scared. My girlfriend is like that too. It's a, like a gene. I don't think there's anything you can do about it if you have that gene. You're just scared so like when you when there's like a little bit of turbulence do you like freak out and think that the plane's gonna crash is it like that absolutely yeah wow like um takeoff and landing is really hard for me so i always have to have someone from my band sitting next to me like i kind of hold them and like squeeze their arms and i gave my manager little little cuts from my nails when he came ah i had a i I had a stranger i had a stranger do that to me on a plane once what a stranger yeah a a full-on stranger and she started doing it and I was like, uh, and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm really scared. Is this okay? And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Go ahead. Oh yes. my gosh. That's kind of cute and sad at the same time. Sorry. You, you gave your, you gave your manager nail marks. I did. <laughs> I was, I, and no matter how many times I fly, I just, I can't get used to it. It's just not, it's not my fun thing. And for me, going there is better than coming back. When I come back, I don't know why. I just feel like a hundred times more afraid. Wow, that sucks. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm I sure know. there's something you can do, like, whether it's, like, you know, reading a book about it or, like, even... I get drunk. Okay. Super hammered. Yeah, yeah. well. 
Yeah, that, that's the problem with that though. Is then you land and you've gotten super drunk and you're hungover and your throat's all dry and then you have to sing and you're basically and you can't sleep. Yeah. Uh, what a mess. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, it really wasn't fun. It's not fun. It's easy, like anywhere else, but the that to Europe or UK flight is just brutal. Oh, jeez. It yeah. gets me every time. But, you know, the booze helps. The booze helps. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, I mean, I'll take some free wine. And movies. Works for me. Movie after movie. Beautiful. Hey, mm-hmm. um, so I want to ask, one thing I read about your band, which I thought was really interesting and kind of like a bit definitive of like when you guys started out was I read that you guys, when you played your first show, you had like the whole crowd was like singing along because you already had had such a big presence on the internet already. Is that true? Yeah. And that's so weird because like, you know, most bands it's like you play a show before you have anything on like the internet or whatever. Like at least that's how it used to be. Yeah. And we, um, when we started, when New Year's Day started, that was like during the huge or right before the huge boom of MySpace. And we were considered a MySpace band, you know? Yeah. Because they were always, I remember, like, it's weird to think about now how irrelevant it is now. But when you were on the homepage of MySpace, you were like, your friends were like, oh, you're a fucking big deal. I know, it's huge. You know, and Yeah. And we were put on it all the time because for whatever reason, like I said, they just had a soft spot for us. And I'll, I still to this day don't, I'll, I'll never know why. And um, even though, so I, I did get the experience of having to play for no one. Still, but because we started touring and we found that that kind of reaction for some reason didn't translate over the entire country. Oh, weird. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of was my next question. Yeah. Yeah. Just certain spots. And that show happened to be our hometown. Right. And we opened up for the Plain White Tees. So I think that also helped because they were also a MySpace-ish band. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't good. It just lined up good. So our first experience was really cool. And then we went right into touring where no one gave a shit again for a while. Yeah. So that was kind of like a, a rude awakening. Like, oh, shit. Maybe uh, we do have to kind of rewind a little bit here. Yeah, that's funny. No, it's like I was talking to um, Spencer from Under Oath. And he said when he joined Under Oath initially, he was like so excited because they were like so big in Florida. And then as they like drove away, it was like Atlanta, less people, <laughs> Alabama, yeah. less people, you know, and then they got to like Nashville. It was like no one, you know, it's like, oh, I thought this band was big. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much what happened to us. Just the opposite direction. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's really funny. So uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but uh, what are you guys up to? What do you guys got going on next? Do, wait, did you tour with Marilyn Manson? Is this true? Yeah, I want to talk did. about that. How was that? Okay, it was fucking awesome. Okay, it was really awesome minus the Paris terrorist attacks because we were nearby. So that oh shit sucked. That was not fun. But up until it got things got canceled, and we had to fly home two weeks early. But up until that happening. That was the most incredible time of my life. You know, it was, he's my hero. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was very nice. I didn't get to interact with him too much, but the times I did get to interact with him, he was really cool to me. Cool. I've heard super um, weird stuff about him. So I'm actually a little surprised. So have I. I've heard, I've heard mixed reviews and I had people, everyone in the music industry who has met him has their opinion on him. So everyone, everyone was telling me either, be afraid or he's cool. Be this way. You know, I just, when I'm on tour with a band, that's obviously 
much larger than us, whether it's on a smaller scale or a Marilyn Manson scale. Yeah. I just keep my distance until I'm invited somewhere. You know, I'm not the kind of person who's like, hey, I'm Ashley. Nice to meet you. Let's be friends. Sure. You know, yeah, I just, if it happens, it happens. And um, I, we got to know their crew and their band, his band really, really, really well. Like we just connected immediately. You know how sometimes on tour it takes a week to kind of get to know people? Sometimes it takes five weeks. Yeah, sometimes it never happens. Yeah. But um they they didn't treat us like oh, who's this fucking opener band? They don't you know, we're gonna ignore them. They were all pitching in with our gear, pitching in with our sound, helping us, giving us advice, loading things, taking shots with us, you know, cool. eating with us. It was very cool. So I I asked his tour manager if he would be upset if I wore a shirt that said Marilyn Manson is my daddy. <laughs> and he, he goes, No, he'll love it. Just do it. So I did, and that was kind of the icebreaker right. of the whole thing. Because cool. I think he might actually be my dad. Okay. Like, yeah, well, you have to talk to your mom about that. I don't know. <laughs> Get the, uh, but uh, no, the only thing I – well, the thing I heard most recently, we were playing at um, uh, the Norva in Norfolk, Virginia. Do you know that venue? Yeah, I love that place. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the best. So yeah. um, they, we were talking about – like we were packing up our stuff really slowly. Like we were getting out of like the hot tub or whatever. And I was talking to the guy cleaning – The hot tub. Yeah, the hot tub. Oh, it's got a – Yes, for, for the listeners, the, this, venue has, this venue has a hot tub backstage. It rules. This, what scares me is what is all the – what are all the things that have happened in that hot tub? Oh, uh, everything you can imagine and more, no, I'm sure. No, thank you, sir. But, oh, so, Marilyn, so there is the story he told me, I was like, is everyone, like, he was just talking about, like, cleaning up, because I was like, oh, I'm sorry if we made a mess, you know? And he's like, this is nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And you know a story was about to come. Yeah, and he's like, we had Marilyn Manson here, like, what, I think it was two weeks before or something, and... He told me that they took a room, like kind of the backstage, like it's like a living room sort of size room. And uh-huh. apparently they made them take all the furniture out and they put plastic sheeting over all the walls and the floor. Was it black? I don't know what color it was. And we were like, oh, that's weird. Why? And apparently they eat in there and they have like massive food fights every day. Is this oh, a thing well, you ever saw? I, <laughs> no, I never saw uh, they they ate pretty normally. When yeah. I saw, but who knows? Maybe that was the trend of that that tour. Maybe yeah. it's just it's not like a crazy thing. Like they were having like you thought they were gonna. I was gonna say they're like having some crazy like, like jello, sex. yeah, like some fight yeah, right. Like I'm sure everyone thought that. Yeah, that's where my mind went first. But it was just nope. They just have like a massive food fight, and I'm like, isn't he like 50? Like you'd think. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I love his style, dude. I want to. I want to age and behave exactly the way he does. Oh no, I he, back. I back yeah. Marilyn Manson. I back I'm stoked because we're playing with them again, except with him again, except for not with Marilyn Manson. It's with uh, Hollywood Villains. Okay. It's with um, Alice Cooper and Johnny Depp. They have a band. I How had no idea. Cool is that? I had no yeah, idea. I knew Marilyn Johnny Manson, Depp played, but I didn't know he had a, a band. Yeah, with. Marilyn That's crazy. Manson, Johnny Depp. I guess uh, Johnny Depp and Marilyn Manson are like the bestest of buds, like best fucking friends in the whole wide world. And so they have a band together, and Alice Cooper sings in it. <laughs> okay, sure. So I love that, that conversation. Like I love that shit? conversation, huh? Who can we get to sing for our band? How about my friend Alice? <laughs> Y'all just call him. <laughs> I'll just give him a ring. Yeah, he'll be down. Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I'm stoked to witness that. I hope I'm anywhere near the stage. I mean, I'm sure they're gonna be like, no one's allowed on the side of the stage for that. 
but I'm going to try and, and watch the whole thing as close as humanly possible. Yeah. Well, hey, being in the room is like cool enough. I can't believe I've ever heard about this yet, but I, I, I yeah, will definitely look check up, that look out. Look up Hollywood villains. I know there's other big names in it, but I forget. Crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm stoked. Cool. And what do you guys go, have going on for, uh, for the rest of uh, 2016? Um, we leave for South by So Wet. Oh, we'll uh, be the there. Only thing, yeah, well, I'll see you there. Perfect. I'm going to bring my makeup kit. Yeah, do get it. Get ready. Get ready. Um, and then that's the only thing we have going on in March. Then we do, we're doing a small two-week headlining run with Escape the Fate. Nice. And um, that's just US. And then we're going out with a band called Hell Yeah and Escape the Fate. Oh, hell yeah, um, like like um, uh, Vinnie Paul? Yep. Oh, cool. So, of course, everyone's really excited for that. Absolutely. Because they're huge Pantera fans. And then um, all the festivals. We're headlining the Crane stage at Slam Dunk and doing the downloads. And we play the same, sta- the same day as Romstein. So, nice. Romstein's my like top five favorite bands of all time. So, I'm just more excited to watch them than to play. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. That's great. Well, yeah. it's it's really it's really nice to talk to you, and thank you for um, for doing this. I'm sorry I interrupted your uh, your meeting no. earlier. No, no, for it's your okay. big project, which will be hopefully Top coming out secret. soon. Top secret, yeah. but coming soon, maybe. But uh, yes, it's great to hear. Soon-ish. It's really great to hear uh, you guys doing so well, and uh, thank and thanks again. You. That means a lot. Thank you so much. All right, all the best. Thanks Go- for wanting to talk to me. Yeah, of course I do. Go dust off that cursive record, okay? Okay, talk to you All right, all the best, Ashley. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Shane. I'm back. Uh, Very interesting stuff with Ashley. We covered a lot of ground. I was particularly surprised about her emo past. I saw that tattoo on her arm, and I was like, I gotta ask her about that, because, you know, Cursive isn't that mainstream a band. Um, They have a very, very hardcore fan base, of course, and everybody in Silverstein, we all love Cursive, but uh, I thought that was very interesting that, that... we all seem to love the same bands. Cursive Saves the Day, Taking Back Sunday. Uh, that is all really, really, really cool. Thank you again very much for checking this out. We'll be back next Monday again. Not sure who we have coming up yet, but it's going to be good. It's always good. So thanks again. All the best. Peace and love. As always, I'll leave you with some music. It was tough to pick a song. The intro, we had Killer Be Killed, which is a great track. You should definitely check out, like, amazing chorus. But I'm going to leave you with track two on their new record, Malevolence. It's called I'm About to Break You. And that note in the chorus is just like, whoa. So check it out. Here is I'm About to Break You by New Year's Day on Lead Singer Syndrome. Take care. (laughs) 